Hey, listeners, it's Brad Kearns here. I'm here to introduce you to Casper.com, an online retailer of premium mattresses for a fraction of the price that you find at retail stores. It's important to get the best quality mattress for a good night's sleep. Visit Casper.com Primal and use the discount code Primal. You'll get $50 and then be on your way to sweet dreams with Casper.com. Welcome to the Primal Blueprint Podcast, featuring fresh and lively commentary on all things Primal, including Q&A sessions with Primal Blueprint founder Mark Sisson, special guest interviews hosted by Mark Sisson, and conversations with Primal Blueprint authors and other health and fitness experts. The show is presented by Primal Master Formula, the world's most potent multivitamin, mineral, antioxidant, and anti-aging supplement. Available at primalblueprint.com. Past episodes are available for download or to review written summaries at blog.primalblueprint.com. And now, here's your host, Brad Kearns. Hi, listeners. It's one of your favorite show formats, the double host, L. Russ and Brad Kearns, coming to you with the Primal Blueprint podcast. Hey, from Malibu. So we had so much fun last time talking through my athletic background and story, and I noticed um, your interview skills are in top form, not only on my show, but all the shows you're doing. So we thought, hey, let's get together and let's hit it hard with some fun topics. We're going to have a little bit freewheeling here. We don't have a really structured agenda, but all our fun stuff that we talk about on phone calls together, I thought, hey, let's record it this time. Not the sex stuff. We're, we'll yeah, get through that. Yeah, all those jokes we'll yeah. keep for... Right, um, Katy Perry and all that. We'll just save that. You can email us. We'll, okay. Uh, no. um, so one thing you're kind of an expert in, you've been helping me out, you've been helping other people out, is this burnout thing. And so I always talk go to, to you people, first. Yeah. yeah, talk to people and tell them about some of the burnout stuff you've been experiencing this year. Well, geez, you can read Chapter 10 of Primal Endurance and talking <laughs> about how I messed up my uh, training at aerobic heart rate. Um, so I got back into a little more running this year cause I was pursuing my favorite endeavor of speed golf. And so I was out there running on the golf course for two, three, four miles at a time and jogging in the morning with my dogs. And I thought I was just going out there and getting a nice workout and not, not stressing myself like I did when I was an athlete. But when that heart rate creeps up a little bit above that aerobic maximum, and you start stimulating a little bit of a stress response, a little bit of, uh, lactic acid production in the muscles. What happens is it doesn't feel difficult at the time. It feels like a comfortable jog. You can breathe, you can talk, but as the months accumulate, in my case, I was building myself a little uh, hole of burnout. And I attribute it to running those nice, easy, slow jogs every day with my dogs at slightly too difficult of a heart rate and you know, accordingly uh, struggling. And probably too much accidental chronic-ish cardio based on you're having fun with the speed golf, right? You're having so much fun that you don't even realize. And there's where you can also be cut off guard, right? You're playing a tennis game or you're like, oh, I'm, in my, I'm biking with my buddy every day. And you don't realize over time, you know, you're, oh my God, I've been doing this every day. Tell us about though your burnout symptoms. Tell us like what you experienced because you would call me and be like, hey. Uh... Yeah, most people um, like to get out there. They like to get a sweat. They like to get a workout. Um, or they have that motivation, that drive that, you know, you see people in the gym at 5.30 in the morning, who the heck's going to get out of their warm bed and get into a freezing cold car and drive somewhere and get the workout clothes on and do it. And those are the highly motivated, driven component of society. Um, And in doing so and getting that mental strength and that motivation and that resolve to reach goals and 
fit into your new dress size, whatever, um, that can come back to bite you in a way because you're overriding these natural sensations of fatigue and the necessary balance between stress and rest and daily life. And we all have stressful, busy daily life. So I think the symptoms are uh, you wake up, you don't feel quite right. And I'm very sensitive and I'm very wimpy because I used to be an athlete and my, you know, everything was riding on my physical ability to perform the necessary workouts and recover from those workouts and compete and measure my time. And I knew my checkpoints in the swimming pool or on the bicycle hill climb, everything was timed and measured and judged all the time. And so I became very sensitive to uh, the need to rest or when I was feeling good, when I was when I wasn't. And so I just start to detect like you wake up and you're not full of kick ass energy in the morning. It's just an that's off a big day. one. That's a big one. So that's sort of usually like a low morning cortisol or just lack of sleep over time. Right. But uh, I mean, it could just be lack of nutrients, too. But when it's related to sort of accidental or intentional overexercise and lack of sleep, if you're feeling like when you wake up, you it takes you a couple of hours to really even get going and maybe you're not even that awake that's always a good sign of burnout or adrenal fatigue or an adrenal fatigue when we talk about it it can be light it can be serious i mean um you probably won't get to adrenal failure that that's that's really brutal but at the end of the day we're gonna we'll talk more in, on this podcast about cortisol and also what you can do to help your adrenals when you are in a burnout phase or you've gotten really crappy sleep for a week and you're exhausting your adrenal glands. But that's really what happens. You exhausted your adrenals probably. Um, So recovery was also harder for you too, right? You noticed that your muscles and everything else just, you were kind of talking about not being able to really recover well and get back into the game for days, right? I mean, you kind of were laid up for a while with each episode of sort of burnout, right? It'd be like a few days, you'd be like, I can't get back on. Yeah, it's sort of, you know, and I'm an individual, so I'm not making general statements about how people feel and process through fatigue or getting out of balance and over overstressed or what what the effects of chronic cardio are. It could be different on everybody. Um, but my pattern is sort of a crash and burn pattern, which maybe a lot of people can relate to because when I'm going... I feel great. I'm not an idiot. I don't push myself when I'm exhausted and make myself get out of bed and jump in the cold shower and then head out there. No, I'm very careful, very sensitive. However, I'm riding these waves that are artificially induced by that high production of cortisol because you enjoy the stress and the stimulation and you're, you're putting that stimulation on yourself um, and your body struggles to cope and keep up by allowing yourself to perform at a high level uh, athletically, or whether it's at the workplace where you have to grind through 12-hour days because the proposal's due on the 21st or whatever it is, your body will respond. I always make a joke when I'm doing uh, live lectures with athletes. I'm like, I said, you know, you could try my gun training program and it would work just fine, which is I come up to you, I put a gun to your head and say, we're going to run a marathon tonight. We're going to finish. I don't care what kind of shape you're in, how overweight you are, what shoes you have. I would pull a gun back on you and shoot you in the head. <laughs> Oh, I never, I never got that answer back. Jeez. Not going um, into a marathon. But the, you know, the example is we can rise to the occasion sure. and we can rise 27 times in a row to the occasion. That's right. And then we have to pay the price at some point when we realize, wow, I just cooked myself. And people find that out when they're on vacation, they, everything's fine. Then they go to Maui and they find themselves sleeping 13 hours a day and laying on the beach for five more hours because they've just you know, pancake from an overly stressful daily life and lack of sensitivity to trending in that chronic or out of balance direction. 
Let me throw out some classic symptoms of adrenal fatigue and issues with cortisol that could be high or low or a mix of. So sometimes if you are exhausted all day and you have renewed energy after 6 p.m., that is a sign. Waking up and not feeling energized and able to really get motivated and moving could be more low morning cortisol. It's like, okay, well, how do we fix this stuff? Well, first of all, um, sleep, as we all know, primal diet and, and lifestyle, of course. But then it's like, well, what do you do if you are up late, you know, trying to study for an exam and you've got stuff to do and you're only getting five hours of sleep and you are noticing burnout? Let me just talk about a couple other symptoms that are, are random. Feeling overwhelmed by very small tasks. If mm. you are male or female, it doesn't matter, and you're on the verge of really kind of having a meltdown or you feel impatient at something that's really dumb, like doing laundry, you know, and you're feeling like, oh, I just can't, like, you know, I mean, it, it, those are things that are warning signs of adrenal issues. Being really sensitive to light or sound is like, it, it'll be obvious because you won't be able to really handle it. Um, you go in to get into someone's car, they're playing music and you're immediately like, ah, you know, you, you need to like, please turn it down. You're annoyed with certain sounds or certain sounds are bugging you where they normally aren't. Let's say you live in a city and you're used to white noise, but then all of a sudden you're like, oh my God, all these, you know, these buses, these trains, and you're starting to notice that that's a sign. Sensitivity to smell, not being able to handle other people's perfumes. Um, and again, I'm not talking about people that are allergic to that. I'm just saying if you normally had no issues with that in life and then you suddenly very smell sensitive, that is also a sign of adrenal issues. Now, you can also assess adrenal issues with temperature and other stuff, which you know I get into in my book and we can talk about another podcast. But if you're feeling any of those things, it's okay, well, then what can I do aside from sleep? And, I, and of course, we're not telling anyone to go out and run and get supplements, but there are three sort of natural, really cheap things that really support your adrenal glands, and that is B-complex, vitamin C, and Celtic sea salt, Himalayan salt, or true Hawaiian salt. Anything that's the real deal salt, no offense to McCormick and Schmidt, but not like from the package section of the regular store when it says sea salt, like you have to get the real deal with all the minerals in it, mm -hmm. sea salt. If you don't like sea salt uh, or salt at all, you can always try to get some trace minerals product as well. Um, and you're like, okay, what do I do? Well, you wake up first thing in the morning and you shoot half a teaspoon of salt right down the hatch. There's a whole book called Salt Your Way to Health. You mm. guys can check that out if you're interested. Mm. But um, I really healed my adrenals. I had severe adrenal uh, fatigue from hypothyroidism. And I actually took all sorts of herbal supplements and all sorts of things. And we talked about that recently. Um, and some of those things can negatively affect uh, cortisol. So I would be one to suggest before going to any adrenal type of formula or you know bottle this like adrenal this adrenal mm -hmm. this or adrenal cortex just try with the b complex c and salt and of course the sleep and you know you've really got to rest but at the end of the day those things are easy cheap over the counter you can do the salt twice a day you can do the b twice a day especially if it's like a b complex 50 and vitamin c i mean you can there's plenty of podcasts out there on vitamin C, and if you're really run down, you can take a thousand every hour, wow. up to seven days, if you're like feeling like you're really getting sick, or and that's very high dose vitamin C. There's a great some great podcasts out there about that. You can just search high dose vitamin C, um, and then there's just you can take a state take a standard you know one to two thousand a day vitamin C. It just mm -hmm. depends on what you're dealing with. If you feel like everyone around you is getting the flu, maybe you really bump it up to the high dose. And if you're just trying to like 
recover from some burnout, just make sure you're getting it. These are things we can only get from a diet. We usually don't get high doses of it. And those three things right there really support our adrenal glands in a natural way. So you're not bombarding it with an herb or desiccated glandular product. And I'm not bagging on those and saying they don't help, but they can af- we're not necessarily as clear on their effects. Hmm. And they could raise or lower cortisol in situations you don't want to. And I think I was telling Brad, I took an adrenal herb that is supposed to help with managing cortisol output and evening it out. And it actually lowered it so much or screwed me up so much that I felt drugged out um, from it. And not in a fun way, you know, not in the way I want to be drugged out, Brad. No, you know what I mean? No. But um, it was um, it was pretty brutal. So I'm sort of one to stick to B, C and salt when we're supporting adrenals and also just through stressful times. Um, you know, you're going to get on an airplane that morning. You're going to Go do some big workout. Make sure you salt your food that night. And if you don't, hold your nose, throw down half a teaspoon of salt down the hatch and chase it with water. You don't need to enjoy it. Take it medicinally. Um, and there's plenty of information about these three things and the adrenals online. So I just uh, want to offer that out there. Right, symptoms right. Symptoms and, and how do you correct it. Um, Mental so, stress also, though, we were talking about yeah. that earlier. Even, you know, Brad and I are kind of go, go, go people. And even if you're not exercising, if you're still mentally stimulated throughout the day and you're, you know, you could multitasking, which is really fun for me. I'm good at it, but sometimes you do have to really quiet the mind. It does affect cortisol. You can just sort of tell by wearing a heart rate monitor and watching even the movie Twister. You know, it doesn't have to be like someone stabbing someone. It could be an exciting, like riveting, like, oh, it's an action movie. And you know, you're so, so if you're going through some adrenal burnout, watch what you watch. Watch what you listen to. You want to stand in front of your TV and scream at the television all night at all the news channels? That is going to just rev you up more. So if you are dealing with burnout and adrenal fatigue in any way, cancel anything negative. I don't care if it's... Mm. I I mean, I'm not into this stuff anyway, but an episode of A Desperate Housewives? Dude, that's just the worst of Mm. society. It's people being awful to each other. It's how it is. That's what they want. That gets the ratings. But that is affecting your cortisol in every moment. So you're even contributing to further burnout and or maybe not recovering from what you already have. So even what you are putting in your brain, if that's maybe staying at arm length distance from a negative Nancy friend of yours who is a total downer and always got problems, maybe you really kind of hold off on hanging out with them for a couple weeks. These things add up and they do affect your level of stress. Yeah, I think there's this constant um, dilemma, especially in modern technological age, is that we are now capable of being constantly entertained 100% and available of the time. constantly right and sometimes right. you got to say decline like when you call yeah. I, I don't answer <laughs> just push it up to that automatic like, iphone it, message stress. hi can i call you later yeah <laughs> yeah and it's like that's what she sent last time it, word for word every time yeah. before <laughs> yeah, uh, but especially i have teenage children i'm very concerned because um their life is a lot different than ours where i remember chilling in my room reading a book for the afternoon or whatever or how you about know? like making a fort in your closet and just right. making up yeah, stuff yeah, yeah, you yeah. had nothing else or, it was or, like you know, three channels or <laughs> my friends and i used to write stories and, and then yeah. read them to each other they were fake sports stories about me being the leading quarterback of the super bowl and then we'd read them on the carpool to school and all this kind of fun stuff which now is like oh video games multiplayer talking on the speaker you know i my son's in his room and I'm listening and I think there's four guys over, but they're all on the speaker thing through they're going through their games. But yeah, even um, that kind of multitasking <laughs> with kids, you're high like, stress, that's high yeah. stress stuff. And, yeah. you know, I think we were talking to Gabby Reese on the podcast. She mentioned her and Laird Hamilton really try to enforce a strict like, what is it, hour a day or two hours a day of technology mm-hmm. and then that's it. And they say it's a constant struggle. 
But again, I think you're going to also help your kids out too. I think as far as what I've experienced from, from parents out there in schools, it seems like there's so much more homework nowadays and there's so much more pressure. Hmm. I feel bad for some of these kids coming to these schools got like four hours homework a night. I mean, you know, that's stressful. We didn't have that growing I mean, I mean, I'm a hundred years younger than Brad, but hmm. no, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, but I mean, we just, you know, we didn't have that kind of life. You, you know, you, you had an hour of homework maybe or two max. Yeah, you had so much like downtime level. There's to a just lot chill. Of downtime. And same yeah. with adults, like, uh, you know, sitting on the porch, chatting with your neighbor is low stress. Or when I visited my college friend in Switzerland, I was taken by their custom of they go out to dinner to the pub, the local eatery at 5 p.m. after work or something, and they would hang there until 11. Well, that's the best part about Europe. And, yeah. Oh, it's that incredible. Every, it, that's what's the best part. You know, I'm so glad you mentioned that because they really work to live. They don't live to work, and that's how they see us, and it is true. They also get them on the vacation year. They get 30 hours a week in some countries like Germany. But the whole idea of sitting and having a long dinner, not one person would have their phone on them, talking politics, talking the day, and it's a long drawn It's the whole evening. And it's lovely. It's an experience. It's not sit at the table, eat, kids are running off. It's it's a whole experience. And I love that. It's so chill. So we're dealing with uh, this culture that has all these forces that are against uh, against the quest for balance. You mentioned some coping techniques and sleep is probably it's number so one huge. on the list. I get eight to ten hours every night. I don't if, if it's less than actually I, I will agree with actually Laird Hamilton told Mark on the podcast he said if I get less than eight don't even talk to me and I'm mm. a little bit that way if I get seven or less I am not happy I'm not doing well mm-hmm. um so sleep is key but also salt is key mm. supporting your adrenals in every way is key also if your adrenals are off and you've got up and down cortisol it's affecting blood sugar at the same time and it's affecting your sex hormones Right. So cortisol will and, and, you know, be an antagonistic situation for testosterone. Women, the same thing. You know, it can contribute to an imbalance there. So it's not just about, oh, well, I'll support my adrenals because I don't want to be crash and burn. It's you need to support your adrenals because it, it supports everything. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. it's a part of a triad mm-hmm. of things going on in your body where it's going to affect your sex hormones and then no one wants that. Um, Let's take a a step back or a a little commercial break to rewind to um, a little bit of an overview. So the adrenal glands uh, next to the kidneys, that's the Latin definition of adrenal, right? So they're producing the primary stress hormone cortisol and many other adaptive hormones. Adrenaline and some other things. And they, so they're, they're basically the way our body responds to stress. They're very important. And cortisol is the one we hear about most, which is helps us function in a heightened state of mental and also physical performance. So um, when you're talking about... It's the uh, fight or flight, right? Right. Fight or flight so it's response. exhausting the fight or flight response, which is always there at a fingertip, just like I talked about with the gun training program, putting a gun to your head. And so what we're doing is we're putting a tiny gun to our head every day with all these little stimulations, such as... Uh, introducing uh, illuminated screen after dark and going for hours and hours entertaining yourself rather than just having that chill downtime to walk around the block and um, all these things that optimize hormone function like aligning your sleep patterns with your circadian rhythm with the rising and setting the sun we're overriding constantly with stimulants bad foods that are difficult to digest like sugar that give us a big spike in energy and then a crash and all these things so uh, also you know but when you do the blood sugar when the blood sugar's off okay so if you know anyone that's hypoglycemic and which by the way if you, if you follow primal uh that's the only thing that cures hypoglycemia is getting fat adapted that is the way to do it because you'll hear people say 
oh, well, I could never go primal and be fat adapted because I have to eat every two, three hours because I have hypoglycemia. It's like, yeah, because you're not fat adapted. But here's what happens. When your blood sugar is rising and falling or you eat too much sugar in one sitting, cortisol is rising and falling, responding to that. It sees the fluctuations in blood sugar as a stress. It sees it that way. So whether you don't or not, you are. that's why a lot of people who are highly stressed or eat a lot of sugar, and even if they actually eat enough calories, will still see weight happen around the middle. And one of the biggest telltale signs that you might be doing chronic cardio is if you are working out and working out and you're not really losing weight, in fact, you are gaining it, particularly around your middle. That is such a sign of cortisol being jacked up. And I will admit right now that doing hot yoga five, six days a week did that to me. Um, this was before I even knew about primal. You yes, know, so you're in an overly stressed pattern. You're depleting yourself off, and so you're craving sugar. You're eating that sugar, and it's overwhelming. You're, uh, you're producing too much insulin. That's messing with your sex hormones, and you're finding yourself gaining belly fat, women or men. And when you gain sure. belly fat, it's a little different kind of fat than fat that's deposited elsewhere in the body. And it's sort of been known now. It's the hardest to lose. It's the last yeah. to go. It's a, it's a tough one. It has its own like life of its own, right? Right. It's, a, it's, an or, that, it's defined course. as an organ, its own organ. So it has its own uh, belly fat, right? It secretes uh, inflammatory hormones, cytokines. So um, that's why it's a danger because as these hormones become uh, circulating in the bloodstream, it sort of gives you a propensity to store more fat. So that's why you see these giant beer bellies on especially males of, of the age, and they have skinny little stick legs. So um, it's right. a hormonal imbalance rather than uh, a lazy fat slob who eats too much and doesn't exercise enough. It's more complex than that. Hey, listeners, it's Brad Kearns here to talk to you about a very important subject, about the location that you spend more time than anywhere else in your whole life. And I'm talking about your bed. Hopefully you're spending a third of your life there. I'm spending a little more than that. I'm trying to anyway. And it's important to get the best quality mattress for a good night's sleep or a good nap in some cases. So I'm here to introduce you to Casper.com, an online retailer of premium mattresses for a fraction of the price that you find at retail stores. Mattress industry has huge markups. These guys are cutting through that by shipping you directly to your home for free. No shipping charge a mattress of your choice that you get to try for an incredible 100 days before you decide to actually buy it and keep it. You can return it, no hassle, no problem, and giving it a proper test rather than laying on a mattress for five minutes in a showroom and thinking that's going to work for a third of your lifetime spent there. Casper mattresses are a new hybrid that combines premium latex foam with memory foam for the most comfortable sleep you'll ever have. And the prices are extremely competitive. Think about a twin for $500, a king for $950. Again, free shipping. And thanks to listening to this podcast, you'll get a $50 discount toward the purchase of your comfortable new mattress. Just visit casper.com primal and use the discount code primal. You'll get that $50. It'll ship to your house for free. You can try it out, enjoy it, and then be on your way to sweet dreams with casper.com. I would also venture to say, you know, if you're having a rough time of year, you're getting five hours of sleep a night, you've got a work project or, you know, something you can't avoid and you're only getting minimal sleep, cut the workouts out. You've got, no, you, and that's really hard to say for yeah, someone yeah. like me and you. But I love working out every day. I, I don't want to not be active, but you gotta, it's which one, you know, I'm either going to blow out my adrenals sort of today in the next few days because I only going to get five hours of sleep and I'm go, go, go at work. And I've got this huge legal case I'm dealing with or I exercise. You can't choose both in those moments. So 
Dial it back if you are not getting a lot of sleep or people are you run down. The answer is not, I'm going to push through and I need to go get my workout because I'll feel better. You're actually going to be hurting yourself, most likely, with your adrenals. Here's the thing. I mean, this is mentioned in Primal Endurance, too, for the, for the training athlete. But for everybody who exercises, it's sort of a, a little-known secret that real athletes know, let's say, um, that when you do your workout, you should feel refreshed and energized and rejuvenated after every time, even on a high-intensity workout, because on those days, you're ready to go, you're ready to push and challenge yourself, you get that temporary stress response where you feel buzzed and pumped up, and because the workout was short in duration and well-planned, you go about your day and you're not exhausted uh, coming back into the house and raiding the refrigerator. But I think the average casual exercise enthusiast has this sensation, this socialization that an exercise, a workout is supposed to be wear you out. difficult, challenging, you should be exhausted, you really feel like you sweated and you accomplished something, and then you're in this depleted state where you go and pound the Jamba Juice and the healthy baked loaf in the, in the window of Jamba Juice, and there's your 187 grams of carbohydrates, and you put yourself onto this sugar-burning, high-stress path. And just to elaborate what you said about the, the stress response in response to fluctuating blood sugar, when you have low blood sugar, this is a life-or-death matter from caveman days, right? Your you adrenals will, will You will react. die if you don't get your blood sugar back up. And if you don't have food available, what happens is your body pumps out a nice surge of stress hormones, cortisol primarily, to get that blood sugar back up and save your life because you still have to run from the tiger and you haven't eaten anything. So today, when we mess with that blood glucose all day long through high-carb meals, high insulin production, and going on this cycle, we end up in a burnout state, even if we're not oh, running too much like Brad Kearns or going into the gym and doing too many uh, hot yogas in a row. It's just a matter of going through daily life and trying to make it through the day without passing out at your desk and slamming yourself with caffeine and sugar and things that stress your ability to manage stress, stress your adrenal glands. That's why the whole fat adaptation or you know just the whole philosophy behind Primal is the most advantageous for adrenal function based on the control of blood sugar. You know, I mean, based on what you just said. You take that um, major another thing I want to say too, which you said, I want to even clarify further. If you're feeling jacked up and totally exhausted after a workout, and I don't mean for the first two seconds after you just got off the <laughs> treadmill, but like, you know, if you're walking out of the gym, you're like, oh my God, I'm so tired. That is a bad sign. It's a bad sign of adrenal burnout. It also could be a sign of thyroid issues if they are in conjunction with other symptoms. Um, usually people with hypothyroidism, low thyroid function would, um, not be able to even tolerate a lot of exercise and to be able to tolerate it does mean feeling energized afterwards. It, it, especially people who start exercising think, like you said, might have a misconception that you're supposed to be exhausted. If you're exhausted and hungry after an exercise, you got a problem. You know, I am not hungry after exercise uh, when I exercise every day because I'm fat adapted. But I used to be starving and sore when I wasn't. And I was doing the hot yoga and I, you're burning too much glucose. Mm. You, it's not a choice at that point. Mm. Your body is forcing you to go for the fridge and go for that stuff. Mm -hmm. So help your own body help you make decisions, right? By staying primal and staying under that chronic cardio type of aerobic activity we're talking about, if that makes I mean, it's um, it's so simple. It's almost worth banging your head against the wall a few times because, you know, yeah. if you slow down and de-stress your workouts, 
and your day. You know, turn off your screen and, and get You'll more sleep. You'll actually lose weight and get fitter faster. Amazing. It seems anti... Shocking. It yeah. seems shocking, and it seems like it's the antithesis of what you should do. It's like, well, the more they work out, the more... No, actually, the fatter you're going to get, the more belly fat you're going to have. It's harder going to get off. And that's that was where my hot yoga mistake came in, mm-hmm. thinking, oh, well, I'm going to be sweating in this room every day. I'm going to be high intensity. Of course, this is the way to lose pounds immediately. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what's happening? I'm getting fatter mm-hmm. fatter in here. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until I stopped. Got a heart mm-hmm. rate monitor. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Life, so much better. I'm not sore. Mm-hmm. I'm not hungry after working out. I'm, you know? Uh, so, um, if you're hungry after working out, don't beat yourself up. Just look at that as a sign of a potential or likely imbalance in your workout patterns as well as your stressful hectic life like at the law firm or whatever you mentioned and try to eat fat after the workout and right slam some fat, fat. Right? you know we got to get you over to fat burning state okay right. no matter what it takes so and i hear people oh i tried that primal paleo thing and then i did it for it 12 <laughs> weeks and then i blah 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 and it's like then slam your giant handful of macadamia nuts and a couple hard-boiled eggs and this and this, and then let's talk about how much of a suffer and struggle it is to transition over. But whatever it takes to transition over, if that means stuffing your face with fat at first, you will be on the path to self-regulating your appetite and your energy level and you know taking stock and seeing how often do I crave sugar? Is it in association with my workouts? And these are very serious warning signs that you're in a depletion, overstress phase. Or I have to take a nap every day, even though I'm getting sleep. That's a sign. Um, you know, Oops. Less- Uh-oh. <laughs> now I'm in trouble. I love my naps, man. Yeah. Um, but if you need a nap, I mean, this is primal blueprint uh, dogma here. If you need a nap, take, take a freaking nap. Yeah. 20 minutes. And I don't hungry, care if don't you're, eat. you know, yeah. if you're the bureau chief or you're a, a middling person on the, on the staff, Go out into your car in the parking lot or, you know, designate a special area of the office. I mean, that would be a really productive office. And look at Google. Uh, go pods. online and yeah. put t- type in Google headquarters sleep pods. And they have these super awesome little eggshell Star Trek type uh, chairs. My friend sent me a picture. Uh, she took a tour of Google and there she is just chilling uh, for demonstration purposes. But what an incredible progressive workplace and you can't get any more sophisticated and high performing than a Google employee. They have the hardest, they're the hardest hire in the world. They have to go through rounds and rounds of interviews. So they have the cream of the crop and here they are presenting them with sleep pods. It's, it's a beautiful thing. And then the average stay stodgy workplace is discouraging naps, whether it's overt or it's just sort of this vibe that, you know, people don't do it. It's nonsensical because you come back uh, stronger and more productive and more focused. I want to just go back to the after workout being hungry and eating fat. I just want to make the point that a better choice is straight up fat in those moments. If you're not fat adapted yet or you feel you're off versus protein. Because you can really overeat the protein, especially for someone like me who loves to go to town on some serious meat. And you're going to overeat it and that can turn partially glucose. We don't know how much. We don't know what your threshold is for you personally. So it is better when you really are trying to get on the fat adapted train to eat straight up fat or fat with, you know what I mean? Not just a straight protein that has fat. I feel yeah. macadamias or take a spoonful yeah. of coconut oil or butter, but more yeah. that's predominantly fat. Yeah. That makes uh, sense. Okay, so slowing down, very important point. Um, a high protein diet is a high carb diet. Because if, you can't if, be, you're, going, if you're going yeah. low carb, high protein, you will kick into that gluconeogenesis and convert those excess ingested protein amino acids 
into glucose because your body does not like to ingest extra protein and becomes Which toxic. Which happened to me. Uh-huh. And I was overdoing it. I was eating the protein of like some six foot five guy. I'm a five two small person. And I wasn't doing it right at first. It was one of my first primal mistakes. I think I spoke about it with Eli in a podcast. So you really have to find your own protein and fat threshold, and you will as you go along. But as far as the after workout goes or training yourself along the way, I always say when in doubt, go straight for the fat, not protein. People have that misconception of primal, which is like, oh, yeah, you just eat more meat, right? Or, oh, when I, when in doubt, eat meat. Not Lean really. Meat. Right? Not really. It's, right. it's not. I would go right for the fat Good. instead. Yeah. Well, people are in the back of their minds. They're intimidated, scared of fat. They don't want to get fat. They're willing to buy in and embrace this low-carb thing. Their neighbor lost all this weight. And they kind of get that distorted mindset where it's like, oh, oops. So you're pounding way too much protein, and you might as well just eat sugar. It's just a, you know, a different chemical reaction, but it's going to lead to the same path of the negative effects of high-carb diet. And Jimmy Moore talks a lot about that. If anyone's interested in ketosis and going super low-carb, I mean, his book, Keto Clarity, really spells out all of these different nuances where these are things you need to look at then if you're still not fat adapted or feeling it is really looking at what's are you eating too much protein do you need to eat more fat than you're eating protein those are usually the two things that are just people Mm. are confused about because in their head it's still hard to get over the fat thing it is it's hard to just go for straight up fat as a meal on its own we're all socially constructed for years Mm -hmm. to not believe this so you know you just have to remind yourselves everyone out there go for the fat it's the way to do it Um, And also, granted, it's going to be really freaking hard to do any of this if you're in a chronic exercise pattern and you're craving those high-carbohydrate snacks after your workout. And And you need to buy Primal Endurance and read all about working out. (laughs) Right? I mean, that's just... Yeah, so it's a two-tier thing. If you yeah. have, if you're overstressed, let's forget the workout for a second. Or, yeah. or adding to the adding to the workout, yeah. you're working too much in a sit-down desk job, which is messing up all your fat metabolizing hormones and your appetite hormones and all that stuff from sitting on your butt too long. So it could be explain too much really workout, quick, too sitting, much work. Explain yeah. the sitting for too long and how it actually increases a component. Yeah, I mean our our, uh, our program uh, don't just sit there. Katie Bowman, you know, the the great ebook that goes along with that goes into good detail. And this is uh, you can you can Google and find articles on this stuff too. It's it's your body is not meant to sit for long periods of time still. And when it does, it starts to get all whacked out in terms of fat metabolism and excess insulin production and, and inability to burn food. fat and more uh, disturbance of appetite hormones and all those things. Yeah. I think that's a huge thing that actually just sitting there uh, chronically can increase appetite in an artificial way. Who wants that? I don't want my appetite increased by just sitting there. Right. The the blood circulation to your brain is down. You're losing energy. So what happens when the human loses energy? It craves quick energy in the form of sugar. And so it's all a function of, and I think everyone can relate to this. Like if you get up off your desk and go for a 12 minute walk around the courtyard it's the same as pounding an energy bar and, and, a, and a soda, Diet Coke. Um, it has the, you know, the effect of rejuvenating, re-oxygenating yeah. your brain, uh, moderating those appetite hormones in a small way. I mean, I'm talking about a 12-minute walk. It's not an overhaul here. But when you get those behaviors into your daily life, you start to go back to what you said. You're self-regulating your appetite, your energy, and all those things through a, a multi-tiered approach to the right eating um, not overstressing on your exercise or overworking and undersleeping and all those things. So, um, geez, we're kind of going backwards. Like first we talked about burnout and now we're coming around. Yeah, we're coming, (laughs) we're coming around full circle. So if you just listen to this part, you can skip the first half of the podcast and not worry about that burnout crap because you're doing everything wonderful. 
Real quick on supplements and things like that, especially this time of year, flu season, you know, vitamin D is an immune booster. It's a great hormone. That is something, especially in wintertime, people in places like Europe or gray states like Michigan, uh, you know, you need more of. That could be part of burnout, too. So, you know, obviously you and I are all about guessing, I mean, testing, you know, and not guessing. But uh, even just a multi with decent vitamin D, even if you don't know your status, can hurt you. Yeah, and it should be known, and this is in um, the Vitamin D Solution, which is an ebook you can get at markstanleyapple.com, I think, for subscribing, or maybe it's a bonus for ordering something, but it's a real easy read for a, a general overview of the whole vitamin D question. But just quickly to put some plugs in here, and there's also some vitamin D podcasts, but um, forget about getting it from your diet. Forget it's it. It's insignificant. The biggest sources of vitamin D in the diet are only cold water fish, and if you pound you know, loads of sardines every single day, it does not even compare to a sunbathing session or two at the right months of the year. And even sunbathing though, I mean, listen, uh, I was vitamin D deficient and I'm in the sun all the time. Even Gabby Reese on the podcast said both her and Laird Hamilton were deficient in D. Those guys are in the sun two plus hours a day in serious Hawaiian sun. So if you think, oh, well, I get sun, I play tennis in the sun every day. Not necessarily so. You know, yeah. because it depends on your absorption and everything else going on in your gut and your life. So supplementing is certainly, and you know what, you almost can't overdose on D. I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, if you take just a thousand or two a day, it's really, that's something that's hard to get too high. You'd have uh, to be crazy about vitamin D consumption. Yeah. It's impossible to, get, it's to overdose impossible over. <laughs> from the sun. Because you stop making it, you tan out is an, is a reaction to that you've obtained sufficient vitamin D, and then you start getting darker and darker and burning and whatnot. You know, you'll you'll get out of the sun, promise you. So you can't overdose on D at all with sun. It stops making it. With supplements, if you make a deliberate attempt to toxify your body with taking three bottles of the primal product <laughs> right. at one sitting, That's what you'd have to do, you yeah. have a chance of overdosing. But the only known cases uh, are have been a mislabeled bottle where they, they screwed up in the manufacturing and the person thought they were taking 1,000 and they're taking 100,000. So right. let, let's just say that in There's general... No manufacturing problems and yeah, yeah in yeah, general... Yeah. In general, the mainstream recommendation is they want you up 40 to 60, okay? And I that's been say, bumped I up. Say, I would say yeah. no, higher than that. Well, it that's the mainstream recommendation. Right. And it used to be 30 and now they say 40 to 60 and the vitamin D advocates like 60. Dr. Maffetone they want you up over 70, 80. And I was proudly showing my results to Dr. Phil saying, oh, I'm up at 55 with my vitamin D. He's like, uh-uh, I want to see you at 70. So I, like it. Uh, I would err on the side of the advocates that have spent their life doing this, like Dr. Michael Holick, author of The Vitamin D Solution, a wonderful book, very good, easy read that gets you fully acquainted with this subject. But it's a very, very important, it's actually a hormone, not a vitamin. Um, it helps with cancer prevention, cancer uh, control in the body. Vitamin D deficiency is almost detected in every single person that has a serious disease. So breast cancer patients are almost classically low in D. Hypothyroid patients classically low in vitamin D. Uh, it, it's a vitamin D deficiency is at the root of a lot of diseases. So you um, want yours to be efficient. Yeah. It's anti-inflammatory. It's also just I mean it's an it's an anti-aging hormone essentially. I mean, um, just you know. Think about the incidence of, especially reproductive cancers are especially sensitive to vitamin D sens uh, deficiency. And the rate of reproductive cancers in African-American males versus Caucasians 
is 84% higher. You're talking about testicular cancer or uh, and, prostate? Right, right. So mm-hmm. you think about the difficulty, the darker your skin, the longer it takes, the more difficult it is to absorb vitamin D from the sun. So if you live at a latitude that's in discord with your ancestral background, you're especially sensitive to this problem. And an African-American living in Stockholm or New York City is in deep shit basically from the get-go. Even if they spend whatever they're, they, they, they summer in Bermuda, it's still a case where you got to look at those levels. You got to think about supplementing and doing whatever you can to kind of get into this overlooked uh, health concern that seems to be widespread, but not fully respected. I mean, you still see people talking about, oh, well, your glass of milk gives you 100 IU, so that's great. And it's like, wait a second, a sunbathing session, 15, 20 minutes in the summer is 10,000 IU. That's a lot of glasses of milk to make up for making a better effort to get out in the sun. Okay, so for those of you who are listening who are like, oh, that sounds great. I don't have insurance. Do I get this stuff tested? It's expensive. Oh, Actually, no, it's, it's not. Cheap. I just want to yeah. throw, you know, I get my own blood tested, uh, probably more than most people. Um, but do they know your name at the lab? They yes, they do. do. They Hi, Elle. How's it going? You know what? They do. Do you I... want to do the right arm this time? Because we got your left last time, I think. My phlebotomist guy knows me by first name. I'm serious. No, but here's the thing. Um, vitamin D, for example. Like if you go to, I use privatemdlabs.com. Uh, There's a lot of others out there. They usually have a 10 to 15% discount coupon code online. For example, something like vitamin D 25 hydroxy test is maybe 60 bucks, okay? With a 10 to 15% discount, that's not too bad for you to go into a lab at your convenience, get that tested, and they email your results in a couple of days. I just recently saw an order from my doctor because I got my physical recently, and they put the D and everything on there. What doctors are being charged classically is so much more than you doing it yourself. You may get a discount because of insurance, but I looked at one thing from the doctor where, you know, the lab was maybe charging... 170 for a DHEA test, but for the one that I did on my own, it was only $65. So, you know, something like iron storage for women, ferritin, that's 50 bucks. Um, B12 or homocysteine, I mean, this is not that expensive. You don't need a doctor to go assess something like a vitamin D. I mean, I'm not saying don't ever go to a doctor, but for these kind of things. I do do this backwards, okay? It's expensive to go to the doctor. So I don't have, you get I don't have great insurance, and I, I'm not going to go to a doctor and waste their time. Uh, I've been to a lot of doctors this past year, so hopefully I won't be seeing them for many years. However, what, I'm, what I mean is I go test my blood. I'll go to directlabs.com. That's my favorite. And I'll pay $300 for the comprehensive workup. test. Yeah. It's $1,800 worth of tests. And hey, if something's off there, then I'll go see the doctor and, and address it. If not... It's, it's, and what I mean is backwards because you're going to go to the doctor, they're going to test your blood, it's going to come out okay, and you're going to go through all this rigmarole. Unless you want to pay the doctor 300 bucks right. because they don't accept insurance or you don't have it, <laughs> um, or you have crappy insurance, with which unfortunately nowadays, even just self buying our insurance like we do, Brad and I do, it's, 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 it just doesn't offer much. Um, yeah, Private MD Labs as well, they've got something like seriously comprehensive metabolic and hormone panel for three, 350 or something, and again, Oh, there's always a coupon code. Just search for it online. I just ordered a, a, a thyroid test the other day. And again, I was like, got 15% off or something like that. And it's just one dumb little thing I need to get done. 50 bucks, 15% off. Almost everybody can swing that. You do not have to have insurance or a doctor. It's fun. And it helps you <laughs> keep track of things that even are beyond the doctor's concern. Like I have on my blog, uh, what is it? Blogspot.com 
bradkerns.blogspot.com or something we'll put in the show notes. But I have an article about how when I had this burnout scene in May and I recalibrated my training and slowed down, my testosterone doubled. So if I, I was at the doctor, about that. I wasn't sure yeah. you were going to want to talk about. We'll talk about mail, that on the next mail. show. But okay, all right, yeah. sure, all right. Um, now but or? you know, I can find can find out things about my body that go beyond this regular annual checkup or whatever you're doing with the mainstream medical thing, and take action. And so, um, you know, you want to find those concerns out there before they turn into trouble, right? We kind of had a nice segue here talking about vitamin D a lot, so we should make a commercial for. This show is brought to you by Primal Vitamin D, and it's a nice bottle. Two thousand IU a pill. It's only like ten bucks or something. If you're not taking vitamin D over the winter, get with the program. Get with the program. I mean, there's no excuse not to. It's not. There, Honestly, there's no, 2000 there's no IUs downside. Two thousand IU a day is not going to hurt anybody unless you have ridiculously high levels for some odd reason. Yeah. Un, un, yeah, unbelievable. Hard to imagine. So everyone, you guys would be surprised out there. I bet a lot of you out there are, are vitamin D deficient. It's just one of these random things, and it's such a dumb fix. It's so easy. Yeah, so yeah. go get tested. Uh, not to scare you, but vitamin D is responsible for this gene called P53, the spell checker gene, which regulates healthy cell division and destruction. In other words, um, if you're uh, everything's working right you're not gonna get cancer because those cells are gonna be destroyed before they cause trouble. If you're low on vitamin D, you expose yourself to health risks, just like if you're high in triglycerides, or you have any other problems with your blood markers. So um, that was a nice little package where we started out talking about burnout, we started talking about how to avoid it. Um, vitamin D came up there as a big thing along with the other how supplements to you mentioned. Some of the supplements, yeah. yeah, so there's anything you want to ask us, you can contact us or, or leave right. us some comments um, and, and I we'll think, try to cover uh, it. You know, listen to the show over because it was so hard hitting with two hosts here full of, <laughs> full of passion, knowledge and information, hopefully, or at least we sounded like it to many listeners. Yeah, we're and that's uh, why like I appreciate self-congratulatory you guys. Self-promotion <laughs> at, its, at its highest. Um, but no, thanks so much for listening. If there's anything we can do to make the podcast better or you have some topics you'd like us to discuss, um, you know, give us a shout out. For Brad and Elle and Elle's top secret Malibu studio overlooking the ocean, thank you for <laughs> listening to the Primal Blueprint Podcast.